Hello, and welcome to Ready and Newman's daily podcast, your go-to place for common questions about immigration to the United States. Ready and Newman is a team of experienced business immigration attorneys who handle a host of visa categories and complex immigration cases. This podcast will provide an insight into our daily free conference calls hosted by our attorneys, as well as discussions on hot immigration topics. Please note that information provided is not to be construed as legal advice for your specific situation and does not constitute an engagement with Ready & Newman PC or establish an attorney-client relationship. For specific advice on your situation, please contact an attorney. Here's your host. My name is Rebecca Chan, and I'm a partner with Ready and Newman, and I'll be doing the conference today. Um, Trinity, can you start our first question? Yes, Rebecca. Saira? Hello. Hi, good morning. Uh, so, uh, I, this is regarding my brother's situation. So, uh, while he is doing master's program, uh, he was uh, he got two offers from two different companies. And right now, he's working with company A. And the both the companies filed H-1B uh, uh, during his master's program and the com- the company which he is not working for uh, got picked in the second lottery and and had the joining date in november uh, so uh, the question is uh, can he uh, like the can he use the h1b to transfer it to the current company that he is working for we don't recommend it if he filed multiple registrations with different companies Um, In general, we don't recommend filing the H-1B petition based on a registration by a company that did not have um, an actual job offer with them, uh, because that petition, if it's filed, is likely to be denied or revoked, and then, you know, a transfer to an actual employer will also fall through. So it is not recommended um, from our standpoint. Uh, no, the he had a valid offer and the joining would be in November. But he wasn't working for that company when yeah, they registered but, him for the lottery? Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, from USCIS's perspective, it's going to be very difficult to convince them that there was a genuine job offer, in our opinion. Okay. Okay. And it was one of the uh, big companies, so... Um, That's our opinion that um, multiple registrations, especially with companies that the beneficiary had no relationship with before, had never worked for before, are going to be viewed by USCIS suspiciously. Gupta? Hi. Uh, So I'm currently on H4 EAD, but I'm unemployed. Sorry, I can't hear you very well. Now you're able to hear me? Uh, That's a little better. Okay. So I am currently on H4 EAD, but not employed. I have reached out several consultants to help me to file H1B visa, but most of them requested the information, but they said like my case is not strong. So they didn't follow up. One consultant did ask for my consent to file H1B and proceed it, but he never shared any receipt number. Recently, I, like yesterday, I learned that another consultant who never replied to me earlier, whether he's proceeding or not, has emailed me stating that my H1 visa was selected in the second lottery. 
now like I don't know what to do. And you weren't aware that they even registered you in the lottery? Yeah, they didn't tell anything, yes. I probably would not go forward with that application. That is a red flag that this company is just registering people based on their passport information and not based on a genuine job offer. Um, there isn't a way, unfortunately, for you as an employee to log into a system or find out how many companies registered you or who registered you. Um, the registration information is only accessible to the companies and the attorneys that they work with if they used an attorney to help with the registration. So unfortunately, you are not able to access anything in the registration portal. You cannot find out who registered you. Um, generally, our advice is that if you are interviewing or trying to find an employer to sponsor you for the H-1B lottery, it's best if you actually join that employer, start working for them so that you can ensure that they're a genuine company that has actual work. And then if they are willing to sponsor you, then you can work with them to register you. Um, it's generally not a good idea to give your passport information to companies that are just claiming that they'll you know, register you for the lottery. It leads to situations like this where you end up having no control over who or, you know, who shared your passport information. We don't know if that company shared your passport information with multiple other companies that they set up or are working with. Um, so the best thing you can do at this point, since it's already been done, is to just not proceed with that application. Don't give that company any more of your documents. Don't give them your education documents. Um, they won't be able to file an H-1B petition without, um, you know, your, they already have your passport, which is already most of what they need as far as um, proof of status, but don't provide them your husband's H-1B approval notice, his pay stubs, education documents. Don't provide them anything else so that they can't file the H-1B petition on your behalf. And then try again next year with an employer that you have actually joined and you are sure is genuine. And one more thing, like what is F-O-I-A? I heard like I five. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I'm sorry, I still can't hear you. Um, we're gonna need to move on. Jitendra? Hello, uh, I actually have a simple question. Uh, my H-1B visa will expire next year uh, on June, but my passport will expire earlier in March. Um, but I'm actually going to travel to India in December. Is it okay if I just uh, renew my passport and travel or uh, should I also get an H-1B extension? You still need an H-1B extension if, um, so is your I-94 expiring next year or just the visa in your passport? Uh, I-94, um, I-94 says that uh, my admit until date is until June. June 2024? Yes, but my okay. passport will expire in March. Okay, it sounds like you will need to renew your passport and file for an H-1B extension, both. Okay. Next year. Um, so as soon as you get back from your travel in December, renew your passport 
and then have your company file the H-1B extension. Uh, uh, will, I be, will I be able to travel in December and come back in January with, uh, the, with these uh, details right now? That is fine, but your H-1B extension will then need to be filed before March rather than June, because when you come in okay. with a passport that expires before your I-797 expires, CBP usually cuts off your I-94 um, to match your passport expiration rather than your I-797 expiration. So you have a shorter period of time to file your extension, your H-1B extension. So that's why as soon as you come back, renew your passport and have your company file the H-1B extension. Uh -huh. And also one last question. I actually thought the passports generally uh, require six months of validity to, to travel to the US, if I'm not wrong. No. no. Okay, yeah, that, that should be all, thank you. Ramana, Ramana. Good afternoon. Hi, go ahead. Yeah, uh, the, my question is, um, uh, I and my spouse, we got employment-based GCEAD during February 2022 with a validity of two years. And we filed the uh, I-485 file concurrently in EB2 category. Now, my question is, if my spouse applies for divorce now, what happens to my green card processing? Sorry, if she applies for what? Uh, if she files for divorce, if she goes for divorce, it's a, it's a, it's a concurrent uh, 485 based on my, my, based on my wife's uh, employment. I'm sorry, I didn't catch what you said that your wife would be filing for. Yeah, we filed 485 jointly. Yeah, and you have uh, the no, EAD valid for two years. What is your question? Yeah, she wants to uh, divorce now. Suppose she goes for divorce. Oh, a divorce. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. I understand. Um, okay. And the I-140 is in your name. Is that correct? Pardon me? Are you the I-140 beneficiary? No. Your wife is? Yeah, she, she both of us filed I-485. I yes, I understand. Both of you have the I-485 filed together, but whose name is the I-140 approval in? Uh, my my wife. Your wife's. Okay. Unfortunately, then, if you do get divorced, then you would no longer, since you are considered a derivative, um, your I-485 is based on her I-140 and her I-485. So okay. if you're no longer married, then your I-485 would no longer be considered eligible to continue processing. USCIS doesn't necessarily know once you get divorced because, uh, you know, the state or local um, divorce records don't get reported to UCIS necessarily. But um, on your side, you would need to withdraw the I-485 um, once you are officially no longer married. While you're in proceedings, if, you know, you're in divorce proceedings, that doesn't require you to withdraw your I-485. But once the divorce is finalized, then you okay. would need to withdraw your I-485 application. If the I-485 remains pending and gets approved, you have to ask USCIS to reopen it and withdraw it because then the green card was not issued properly. Um, you, I would recommend that you make an appointment with an immigration attorney to discuss what options you have from there for your own status and your own green, independent green card process. Okay. Okay. So, okay. The EAD, I mean, suppose if I want to renew the EAD, do I need my Until wife, you uh, are officially divorced, the EAD is still valid. And you valid. can renew it. But once you are divorced, that EAD, even if it's unexpired, no longer is valid. Okay. I mean, if the divorce process starts or if it finalizes. 
till it finalizes its okay? Until it is final, the EAD is valid. Once it is final, even if the EAD is unexpired, you should not use it. Okay, okay. okay. So till it is, yeah, I mean, till the divorce is finalized, the EAD is valid. That's correct. Um, we have to move on to the next question. Varun? Yeah, hi, uh, good, good afternoon. Uh, so I, I am in USA uh, on H-1B visa and uh, my wife has approved H-1B petition, but uh, she went for H-4 interview and her H-4 visa got stamped. Uh -huh. But uh, for my kids, H-4 visa is on my name and my uh, USAC petition number was present. But whereas by my wife, since she might be having H-1B approved petition, the petition number and uh, her status, I mean, uh, 2025 was actually her end date. Mine is 2024. So it's all, all H1B data was present in her uh, visa stamping, except instead of H1, it was H4. So does this cause any problem? Uh, so her visa, H4 visa expiration date was issued matching to your H1B end date or to her H1B end date? Her H1B end date. Oh, okay, so they did that in error. Um, it looks uh, like uh, yeah, yeah. Even uh, the, the the name will be there, right? In the H four, who from whom for from whom you got H uh, four, that name also mentioned as her name. But whereas for my kids, it's mentioned as my name. Yeah, it looks like um, they made a mistake and printed her H one B details rather than yours, um, mm -hmm. since she was in H four. Um, yeah, that might be a bit difficult. Uh, I don't know if there is an easy way to get the consulate to fix that and, you know, reissue the visa. I haven't really heard of them doing that. Um, you can try emailing the consulate to inform them of the error, but if they are not able to um, fix it uh, for your wife, she should still basically consider that the H-4 visa is only valid until 2024. Okay. Even though on it is printed 2025, she should not use it beyond 2024. Um, if next year she decides to continue in H-4 and you know eventually later applies for an H-4 visa renewal at the consulate, she can explain to them then mm -hmm. when applying she... to, for the visa renewal. Uh, can she go for H4 to H1 transfer once she come to USA? Yes. With the same employer fine. or other employer? That's fine. Yeah. If she uses the H4 visa to enter the US prior to 2024, um, once she is here in H4 status, she can have a company file for her change of status from H4 to H1B. That's fine. Is it the, just, is it the same company or the uh, different company? It doesn't matter. If she's been in H-1B status in the past, she doesn't need to go through the lottery again. So it can be any company that files her uh, H-1B change of status. But I don't have I-7 I and one petition of her with me. But you said she had an H-1B in the past, right? No, just a H-1B petition approved, but she don't have any stamping. She did not go for stamping. Was she ever in H-1B status in the U.S.? No, no, she ever. Okay then never mind. She was never considered counted in the cap in that situation. Um, so in that situation, it does need to be the H-1B employer that was initially selected in the lottery that files her change of status. 
Oh, so we can't move with another employer. I mean, we can get the uh, H-1B copy, right, from USCIS and transfer to other employer? Does it not work? No. No, because she is not considered counted in the cap yet. Oh, because she's okay. never been in H-1B status in the U.S. and she has not gotten the H-1B visa stamp. So if she wants to be counted in the cap, she has to join the employer that filed her H-1B in the lottery. Once she has joined them, been in H-1B status, even for one day with them, then she can transfer her H-1B to any other company. But this first one needs to be with the company that filed for her in the lottery. Okay, yeah, go to Thanks. But sure. Hi, uh, Rebecca. Thanks for doing this. Uh, Rebecca, I was employed on L1A and recently I was traveling outside of the U.S. and my employer terminated my employment. So I do have my life in the U.S., but I don't know if I will be doing immigration fraud. If I travel back to the U.S. on L1A and can I use the 60-day grace period, which is generally available? Uh, and the third question I have is that uh, although I'm on L1A, is it possible for any other employer in the U.S. to take over my employment or can I join somebody there? Unfortunately, it's pretty limited, your options, if you were terminated while you were outside the U.S. In that situation, unfortunately, the 60-day grace period does not apply and you would not be able to travel back into the U.S. on your existing L1A since you're no longer employed with that L1A company. Um, as far as another employer, have you ever been in H-1B status or gotten no. an H-1B visa stamp? No. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, then another employer would not be able to file for you unless it was, you know, another entity within the same multinational organization. They could then apply for another L1 for you, but they would need to be, of course, part of that same multinational organization. Um, Got it. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Uh, is there a solution for people like me? And because I do need to wind up a lot of things in the U.S., you know, my, okay. my visa agreements, yeah. and, you know, my bank accounts. Right. Um, I would say the best like option for you as far as a visa is actually the B1, B2 visa in that situation because um, it does allow for being in the U.S. temporarily to kind of wrap up your affairs, that sort of thing. Um, okay. But if you don't have a valid B1B2 visa in your passport right now, you would need to apply for one with the consulate. Um, and that could unfortunately take a while just to secure an appointment. I would probably recommend to see what you can do remotely if you have um, you know, friends here who can assist with um, what they can here and deal with what you can remotely. But um, in the meantime, if there's anything that you need to be here physically for, probably you will need to apply for the visitor visa. Got it. Got it. Thanks a lot, Rebecca. Have a good day. Sure. Hi. Uh, uh, so currently, my husband is working on an L1A visa, and he's, uh, no, our visas, and I'm on an L2 working. So okay. our visas are valid until March 2024. So uh, while his L2, sorry, L1A is in processing for renewal, uh, can I work 
if it goes beyond March 2024? Unfortunately not. So uh, as an L2 holder, you are authorized mm -hmm. to work incident to status, which means you don't need a separate EAD, but your work authorization only is valid as far as your L2 I-94 is valid. Um, okay. So if your L2 I-94 expires in March, 2024, um, mm -hmm. then if the extension for both of you is still pending at that time, you would need to stop working until the extensions are approved. So I would probably recommend um, trying to convince his employer to upgrade to premium processing if possible to try to okay. ensure that it's approved before March. So there's no gap in your work authorization. Uh, also, my husband got his H-1B PID uh, this year like in the second lottery. Uh, we okay. found out he has an I-140, which is approved. Uh, if he transfers on to an H-1B visa, uh, uh, you know, this year uh, on this petition. So would there be a, a job job gap for me uh, to transfer on to an H-4 EAD? Yes, potentially. Um, yeah, because you would need to change to H-4 and you can apply for an EAD since your husband has the I-140. But mm -hmm. uh, let's see. So if you are going that way, then I would recommend that the H-1B, H-4, and EAD applications be filed all together in premium processing. Um, okay. In that situation, now, after the litigation, UCIS does, for the most part, concurrently process all three applications if they are filed together. Um, mm -hmm. So there may be a gap, but it shouldn't be too long. Um, basically, as soon as you're, you can still work in L2 as long as that is valid and before the H4 is approved. Mm -hmm. Once the H4 is approved, uh, you can't work again until you have the EAD in hand. Um, it so, should hopefully not be a very long time, like maybe a week or two at most. Okay. So uh, meanwhile, uh, if that week or two is there, uh, can I be on a leave uh, loss of pay, anything like that? Because I'm a full-time employee. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I would say that should be fine. Um, it's probably fine for you to just be on unpaid leave rather than for your employer to need to actually like terminate you and rehire you. I would say when it's, okay. um, you know, just a short gap like that, it's probably not necessary for them to, to do that. Um, but they, okay. you should be on unpaid leave. And the premium processing, uh, that uh, would that be like uh, the queue for eight months or nine months? Uh, do they USCIS uh, has to take action on the case within 15 days if it's in premium processing? Oh, okay. Uh, Raven? Raven? Okay, I think, I think the next question was probably the spouse of the, of, um, the previous question oh. because it looks exactly the same. So maybe we can move on to the next one. Deepti? Hi, uh, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I posted my question. Um, so um, uh, let me know if you want me to repeat it. Um, uh, so I basically want... Okay, so your F1 change of status is already approved? Yeah. Uh, so you are fine to remain in the U.S. until your program start date based on the F1 approval, but I don't think you can start 
classes until the actual program start date that's listed on your I-20. Okay. But yeah, until then so, you would be able to remain in the U.S. Okay. So basically I filed the application, change of status application with um, like a start date from July 3, but because, you know, it was pending, uh, I got a deferred got admission deferred. to October. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I can, I can stay in U.S. until October 2nd and start taking classes from then, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Manas? Hey, uh, I posted my question on... Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, let's see. So you were actually in the U.S. in H-1B status. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So you were counted in the lottery, um, let's see. and were you laid off while you were in India? No, no. Uh, I got my stamping done. I came back. I was working, and then I got laid off. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. So you're in India now, though, because the it sixty degrees period elapsed. Okay. Um, and you have another job offer. Yeah, so at this point, um, if you have a job offer from a company that is willing to file for your H-1B, they can file it. Uh, they would be request requesting consular processing. Um, they request consular processing on the application, but you, mm -hmm. since you have the valid visa stamp in your passport, mm -hmm. you don't actually need to go to the consulate for another visa. Um, okay. That's just what they have to mark on the application if you are physically outside the U.S. Okay. okay. So um, they would file the H-1B application in consular processing. I'd recommend they file it in premium processing so that it can be approved in hopefully about two weeks. Then once it's approved and they send you a copy of the I-797 approval notice, like I said, you mm -hmm. don't need to go to the consulate again. You can just uh, travel to the U.S. with your previous company's H-1B visa stamp, the new company's I-797 approval notice, and you can start working once you enter the U.S. Okay, thank you. Sure. Misa? Hi, uh, uh, my question is posted. Uh, let me know if you want me to repeat. Uh, oh, okay, it's that one. Um, um, yes, you can file another um, H-4 and EAD extension if you have the I-140 and your spouse wanted to apply for the EAD. So you can file for another H-4 extension, even while the current one is pending. Um, and yeah, it would be recommended to do so because they're pending H-4 that is in process right now. When it's approved, it will only be approved until December 2023. Um, mm -hmm. So if you're applying for an extension now, then you want their H-4 to be extended to match your extended end date in 2026. Um, so that's fine. The current yeah, pending H-4 doesn't need to be approved in order for them to file another extension. They just need to include the receipt notice for the pending H-4 in this second extension filing so that USCIS well, is aware that they have a pending application. If in case the second extension approval comes first, which will have a date, right? And the previous extension approval comes later. Will they be considered out of status in that duration or something? No, no, because while the first one is pending, they're considered in a period of authorized stay. Hello, can you hear yeah. me? Yes, go ahead. Yeah, I put, 
I posted my uh, question in the chat sheet. Okay. Uh, let's see. After the I one forties communities. Okay. So you're you've already filed for the B two change of status. No, I'm going to file this weekend. Maybe on the fifth of August. Okay. And so your question is, when can you apply for the H one change of status back? Yeah. If I for moving from B two to H one B. Do I need an actual job or job offer is fine to file the extension, uh, six-year extension? So you are moving to B2 because you're about to run out of your H-1B six-year limit. Is that right? Or is yes, it yes. a layoff? No, no, not layoff. Not layoff. Okay. Then is your current H-1B employer, the one that filed for your I-140, are they willing to you know, rehire you when the I-140 is approved? Yes. Yeah. Then they would just file for the H-1B change of status application for you when the I-140 is approved. But they said I need a job, right, to file the extension, right? Yes. Do they want to rehire you? Yes, they want to rehire me, but actually we need a job, right? Not the job offer kind of stuff, right? So are you working for this company right now? Yes. Yeah, then you have a job with them. I mean, you can't work for them during the B2 period because you're yeah, not. Yeah, that's what, that, yeah, on the B2, I can't work them, right? That's right. Yeah, that's my question, sorry. And how how so, soon I can, uh, the employer can file the extension after I-140 approved? They can do they it are, immediately. So, so I can take a break and a couple of weeks then apply, is this possible? That's fine too. Okay, okay. Thank you. Um, we can take one more question, Shruti. Okay, it looks like the next question is Rajiv. Um, he is a remote worker moving from downtown Detroit to a suburb of Detroit and was asking if it requires an H-1B amendment. Most likely not if you are still in the same um, metropolitan area, but um, if you want to be certain, you can send your new address to your company or their immigration attorney, and they can um, look it up to make sure that it is within the same metropolitan statistical area. And if so, then it does not require um, an H-1B amendment if you're moving your work location. Um, and then I think there was a question about prevailing wage determinations. There are multiple submitted by your company. Um, so a prevailing wage determination is not attached to a specific employee. An employee's name is never listed on a prevailing wage determination. Um, a PWD is submitted by a company for a specific position. So, uh, you know, once the PWD comes back, the company can look at those and decide, you know, which position they're going to sponsor you for. But that's a decision that the employer is going to make. Okay, um, it looks like we're going to um, need to close the conference here for today. The next one will be tomorrow at 4.30 Central Time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Ready and Newman Daily Podcast. We sincerely hope that you've taken something valuable out of it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. For more information or if you want to make an appointment, check out our websites, rnlawgroup.com and immigrationgirl.com. Have an awesome day.